Welcome back to Highly Social. I'm your host, Mike Eaton. Uh, today we're joined by the sensational Uncle Laser. Yeah. Welcome to the pod, brother. Me. Thanks for having me, big fella. Uh, the first time I met you, I was on Secret Show, and I'm walking up the stairs to get ready for the show, and I run into my friend Carl Mazanowski. Yeah, good guy. I went to high school with his little brother and him, and I'm like, holy shit, what are you doing here? And he's like, we're here to see our friend Uncle Laser. Yeah. And I was like... What? Who fucking goes by a name like that? What an idiot. And then I see you and I'm like, yep, perfect. Right? That's it's Uncle Laser, Gar- man. Garbage match the drapes. Yeah, sure. man. And you fucking crushed. Yeah, but uh, it's the comedy, because I've been doing the TikTok and bullshit reels forever, but comedy's yeah. a little different. It's, it's, it's not just a one-minute video where you got to scram it all in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's so. fascinating the, the way that you are able to stretch that out. I'm still figuring it out. Still learning how to do like breaks and pauses, let uh-huh. jokes simmer because like don't take a fuck ton of Adderall. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, too yeah. Fast, you know. I figure right in the pocket is like four or five beers deep, really just catching that buzz. Like when you're shooting a game of pool, you know. Yeah, you're on the on point, but too many drinks, you get a little too sloppy. Dude, that's Same exactly shit. what. It, there's like a golden point in cause, the pocket because sober. There's too much crazy shit going on. I get anxiety when I'm sober. Right? Dude, Do you get anxiety when you... I'm constantly anxious. Yeah. But, like, especially on stage, there's so many more inputs now happening. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, I got to do good. I got to remember all the jokes. I got to remember what jokes I was doing tonight, what I'm working on, that new tag I just added. Yeah. I got to make sure that I'm paying attention to all these people. And then it's like, fuck. Like, if you start thinking about all the shit you got to do... You get overwhelmed. And then you're like, so... Black people are different. <laughs> They're like, what the fuck, Mike? I'm like, they are. Yeah, shit. Yeah, no, it's it's cool. But I mean, like, do you write your shit down, like, word for word? Or no. Because I just write, like, a premise, and then I'll kind of elaborate on that. But if I'm not, like, in that pocket, I miss certain points of the elaboration. Yeah. You know, stuff that I know works, but I'm just... Like you said, black people are different. You know, like yeah. it's just it, it flows. It so yeah. I'm just trying to find that uh that niche. Well, and there is you know I've talked with a couple other performers in like different spaces, but there is like a flow state. Yeah. that you can hit on stage. I've listened to recordings where I've said things that are not funny and don't make any sense, but it and, goes over so well. and the room rips. Yeah, and you just never think that, and it's just because you're in the fucking pocket yep. and you've got them in the zone there, and that flow state's going. But then I've tried and I've listened to that and been like, okay, I'll try that again, and then you try it again when you're not in the pocket and they're like it, it was just like you thought the first time yeah, like, yeah. What, what, why flat. would you say that yeah. like, it's made, it made sense before <laughs> yeah no. so I definitely feel that I've gotten to a place where um because I've been doing it like four years now okay. so I and I've been writing the jokes and I've figured out kind of my process from joke to stage but the process of adding tags and lengthening a joke with more funny stuff and For figuring sure. out its home, like that's still, I mean, that's what I work on every day. Yeah. That's, that's why I listen to my recordings so many times. Yeah, for sure. So like, that, I mean, that that's just with seasoning. You'll That's just, you know, that's like game footage, like reviewing your game footage. Basically. Like I, I did a, we were in Dallas this past weekend and I did a spot in Denton, this basement thing. And it was like, I don't know, 40 or 50 people there. It was a super intimate and like closed area. Fuck yeah. And I was supposed to go like 20, 25 minutes. I just got in that fucking zone. I went for 37. Yeah. It hit me with a light, but I didn't see the light because I was so fucking drawn in. And so I didn't mean to be like, oh, I went over. I just was, I mean, everything I was saying, I was just bam, bam. Yeah. And I was in that pocket with it, and I got all that film with it. So now I know, like, all right, this transitions well here. This doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a process. You just get better every day with it. You it's know? fun, though. It's fun as fuck, man. Yeah. It's yeah. like the coolest thing on the planet. Yeah, hollering and screaming and just being... So yeah. you've been doing stand-up just, like, actually getting on stage and doing jokes for... When I did the like, Kill Tony thing, that was the first time I'd ever been on stage. Yeah. Ever. 
Yeah. And then that was, I think it was right at three months ago. So now I'm just trying to kind of get my feet wet in it. And you've already gone on the same shows as Rogan, Secret Show? Yeah. So that was fucking, that was, I was on the golf course Thursday because I I usually go, you know, every Thursday I'm home. Raven's like, yo, come, come through and, you know, you get a spot whenever or whatever. So like, I'm on the golf course at 9.30 in the morning just getting slammed retarded on Bloody Marys. And your boy's just a terrible fucking golfer. Losing all kind of money. I'm pissed off. I, like, was going to go in my golf outfit. And luckily, I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll change. And I get there, and he's like, hey, man, we're going to have a special guest tonight, and you're going to follow him. Because I go after Red Band, like, usually every time. And I'm like, oh, yeah, who's that? And he goes, Joe Rogan. And I go, fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you, dude. I'm not. I've been doing stuff. I'm not ready for that. You know what I'm saying? Let me go before him. And so I went before him than Hans Kim and then Hans Kim brought up Rogan but it was cool because it's like yo I ain't been doing this very long but like I mean I'm not saying you know like I'm as good as these guys but just to be in that same atmosphere well you're getting there and you figured out one of the harder parts of stand-up which is finding your voice yeah You've honed that through all the social media posting. Yeah, well, that's life been fucking me to tears. So that yeah. that voice is, I swallowed a frog when I was nine, and he never, like, he, you know, the girls were kissing the frogs, they're turning into princes and shit. And I was like, not on my block, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I ate that frog, but he never come up, and just Marlboro red cigarettes. But yeah, but yeah. I know. I didn't mean the actual no, physical sound not, of your not, voice, not, you fuck. But <laughs> finding your groove with it, like finding what I you figured out how to sound like this when I was nine years old. So, you know, really, the rest of the comedy shit's pretty easy. Yeah, dude. I mean, I I already got it. Life, no, no, I know what you're saying. With it. Yeah, I'm just trying to, because because when you when I make those one minute videos, it's just I just make one take, boom. I don't have an if it don't go well, don't go well. And I kind of use that as like a a tool to be like, okay, saying this here that that went over well, that mm-hmm. reel popped or that video popped, and then saying some shit that I think's funny didn't go over well. So I was like, I just put that in the back corner for a little while. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I just use that as a tool. It's so weird too, because like you know you figured that that part out, which is very important about how to you. Know, actually entertain people, people by the masses and how to create stuff that they want. But the other side of it though, that I, that I think is more exciting is that you've got this stuff that you think is funny. That's not hitting for them. And now you've got a bunch of stuff you can work out on stage. Exactly. Cause if you think it's funny, that's, Really, why all those people are there? Yeah, because everything you did, you think is funny. You're related. They're relatable to you. They, you know, sometimes you just got to spoon feed them a little bit. Like, Hey, I'm the expert on the funny part here. Yes. Fucking, you're wrong if you don't think this is exactly. funny. Exactly. I, I, I'm the funny one, and I said it's funny. You know? yeah. like, and that's the process of shaping it, you know, better formula with it. So, dude, it's fun, though. It's a learning process, but, like, it's just like with anything you do, you just try to get better at it. Yeah. So, how did y'all do uh, with the competition the other night? Uh, dude, it was fun. Yeah. That was a really good competition. Uh, Adam Lucky that put it all together. Yeah. So, I am a fucking, I'm an idiot. I don't know if you're aware, but I... So, first off, I the first round of it, I crush. I have a great set. Yeah. I tied for first, and I uh, in my at my night. So I advanced to the second round, but then I can't be in the second round because it's the only two dates that it is. I'm traveling with Jonathan Kite. Oh, oh shit! So I'm on the road, yeah. doing stand up. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Eh, I lost. Oh so well, you, to, you you backed out and didn't Eli. Was yeah, so Eli the, took my yeah, place because yeah. he was he was the next highest scoring for that first round, and then they have the semifinals, and Eli advances. Nice. Uh, which was very cool. Um, but I didn't get to take place in that. So I was like, oh, that's a bummer. And then uh, Adam Lucky was like, hey, we've had a few people that were touring that had to drop out of the semifinals. So same thing that happened to me So before. you got reverted back in. So I got popped back that's in. Um, so I am on <clears throat> the Friday night show at Vulcan. Uh, they've probably got, it was lighter for Vulcan. It was like 80, 90 people. Um, great lineup. And uh, I went second. And I had, right off the top, uh, I riffed for about a minute and a half and just leveled. 
And then I was like, all right, let's get into some fucking material so I can show you guys I'm funny with jokes. And I decided to do like a five and a half minute story. Yeah. Because it's got a bunch of punches in it. It's got a bunch of really clever stuff. And at the end, it has a really great callback that like, it's kind of like a, like a finesse, like I'm good at comedy. That yeah. was, yeah. my goal was, this is a memorable story. It's the thing that most people remember me from when I do it on stage. It's yeah. my closer, my special. I'll shorten it down and make it perfect for this. And it hit really well but there's a couple of points where just by the nature of stories you have to make it serious for a second yep yep and so because i'm serious they're all drawn in and sucked in and paying attention but they're not laughing and i should have just it was fucking eight minutes i should have just done joke 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 joke, joke. uh and i didn't but i took the risk on the story thinking it would because it's audience vote yeah i was like they'll remember i'll at least be in the top half for that yeah, for and sure. And it just it didn't pan out. No, but fuck, man. but also like I got beat by Casey Rocket, Stud, Darian Irwin, Stud, uh, Sherry Hardman, who's from Seattle and is a fucking killer, and Mitch Burrow, who works at the Comedy Store and is like a fucking yeah. like actual yeah. headliner, you know? Yeah. So like it's yeah, it's okay. I yeah. don't mind losing. Yeah, I mean, um, and then to go and watch the next night the actual finals. Um, so it's. Up first is Heather Keith. She does great. And then John Carden comes out, fucking levels. Mitch Burrow comes out, levels. And then Darian, after him, does great. And then Casey goes out and just brings the fucking house down. Uh, And then uh, Jordan Shelby followed him, which was such a wild juxtaposition. Jordan Shelby is probably the best joke writer in Austin. I mean, he he had some jokes that, like, I don't want to burn any of his material, but they were so fucking good. Yeah. And he's so low energy. That to see that right after Casey was just like a true testament to how good his writing was. Yeah. And then Jason Rodriguez and then Sherry closed it out. Uh, but every single person. Theaters. Nine out of ten set at the minimum. And Casey, Mitch, and uh, I think Casey, Mitch, and Jordan all had like a ten out of ten. Yeah. Like a true ten out of ten. And it was really just like a what kind of comedy do you like? Because Jordan has these perfectly written, very clever jokes Different that are brands hilarious. Of it, yeah. You know, uh, Mitch had like this very personable, charming Southern jokes that are very relatable. And then Casey's insane and just yeah. brilliant his, and hilarious. His style is so, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I love watching it. Every time I see him, I just like that energy. I love it. Yeah. I love it, man. It's yeah. different. It's different. It's unique. It's very, you guys are cut from a similar cloth. Yeah. Uh, uh, I would agree with that. Yeah, like I'm. <laughs> you are a little more rooted in reality. Yeah, but your reality is almost as strange as his fantasy. Just like, yeah, damn, that really happened to you as a boy. <laughs> you know, like, like fuck. Yeah. Know? So, yeah, but I'm trying to, and like some of the things because you know, in some of them videos that I make where I dress up and just say outlandish shit. You know, like blowing your mom's back out at an unprecedented rate. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it's hard to. I have, I'm trying to find how I hone that in, uh, like on stage. You know what I'm saying? Like incorporate that, but don't just be talking about. You know, you know, blowing, mama's blowing someone's mom's back out it for the whole bit. So, yeah, I'm trying to, you know, yeah, but for sure, for sure, that energy, that same high intense energy, huge so. intensity, but also like those little, uh, like your own colloquialisms. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kyle Kinane has one that he put on an album. He says he's more tired than a big dick bat. He's <laughs> <laughs> sleeping upside down. He just keeps hitting him in the uh, face. Shit. Uh, but there's those little things that you create like that those are so catchy and fun yeah and people remember it yeah it's so just, i mean 
blowing your bombs back out at an unprecedented rate. That's that's a TV. That's a T-shirt slogan. It's you know so easy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and like I like the thing with Casey too. Like, cause I've met him a few times. You know, obviously he's not that guy off stage running around. Like <laughs> yeah, right. But like when I, when someone walks up to me, like I've had several people be like, "Oh, that's not a character." You're that, you're <laughs> like, oh guy. shit, you're like this all the time. I said, "Oh yeah, buddy." No, I'm actually Uncle Laser. Yeah. That's not. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just got out of prison. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't be like by a playground, but I can watch the kids through the chain link fence. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Special. <laughs> Chain link tan lines, yeah. dude. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. So, um, how did you get started with all of the, you know, reels and TikTok and everything? How Man, did- uh, so I, like, I didn't, I don't even know how to work a fucking Excel spreadsheet, to be quite honest with you, okay? That's why this is fascinating. Yeah, 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 I'm just a fucking caveman Neanderthal, right? And, and, uh, uh, my I buddy- would expect you to still own a Nokia. Like, this is the only phone as tough as Dude, me. those brick phones. I, I remember breaking up with girlfriends and throwing them motherfuckers on the ground, and they would not break. Yeah. They were in, they were indestructible. But I uh, the river with one in my pocket yeah. once, and just blow-dry it afterwards, and we're fine. N- nothing wrong with it. <laughs> like, what happened to Nokia? Uh, I think they stopped doing what they were good at, and they were like, let's make crazy let's slider phones yeah. and like yeah. lots of no, color screens, stupid. and they're like, eh. Snake was the best game ever. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, I, I had like a, you know, I had a Snapchat like everybody else in regular Facebook, and my buddy that I played baseball with like all through high school, little league, select ball shit, he's like, man, start sending me your videos that you make, uh, and I'll, uh, I'll make you a TikTok and we'll put it out there, see what happens. I was like, all right. And I made that one about uh, that Miley Cyrus song, like everybody in line for the bathroom trying to do lines in the bathroom. I'm like, I felt that because I do drugs. you know. <laughs> and and I didn't think much of it. And we posted it. And in like two days, it got like 8 million views. Fucking amazing. And like it, I, my following count just went through the roof. Mm-hmm. So everything I put out afterwards, it's already got a big audience. I got some yeah. followers. So it just kind of snowballed from there. But I started noticing like <clears throat> I get tiktok is real quick about banning your shit like instantly like it, mm-hmm. like instantly and so i get shadow banned a lot and they didn't pay a lot like i got to the creator fund thing and you make pennies i mean a video would maybe i maybe get like five ten dollars a video even dude we had uh on my old podcast giggle boys me and eli had yeah. uh, our first clip to go like viral ish hit two and a half million views like right before that we'd had one hit seven hundred thousand so we get the creator fund. Yep. We're like, oh, it's so fucking cool. We're going to get money yep. from social media. And then this one goes viral. We're like, bro, I wonder how much money we're going to get from this video. It's got 500,000 likes, two and a half million views. And we go to the creator fund, $50. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you <laughs> noticed, uh, like, I started noticing as I raised the creator fund, I'd put stuff out and it wouldn't go as well as it was going on Instagram or it wouldn't go like it's like they hold it back on purpose mm-hmm. not to pay you you know what I'm saying and so there's so many stipulations with it so now the Instagram reels is all I really do but I know like talking to Rocky uh, Dale Davis yeah Facebook is where it's at the money on Facebook is where it's at so Facebook is fucking incredible uh, for the real section if you convert your page to a business page so that you're like so my personal page now is just a comedian page so yeah. i had a facebook page or whatever but i had like 300 likes and it's like who gives a shit but my personal page where i have all of my friends and i had you know 3500 people that i've met through all everything when i converted it now they become followers but i've had two videos on there hit like half a million and now i have like almost 10,000 followers See, on facebook i need to get with you about cuz i still can't figure out the facebook reels like i don't know if i'm not i, I know i've got it set up as a page where mm-hmm. i have followers mm-hmm. but like like earlier I posted I posted a a reel uh, about uh, hurting my arm and it being a tennis elbow, but it's jerk off elbow. Mm-hmm. Like I, I jerk off in weird places, upside down like a bat, and fucking 
it's already got like I don't know forty thousand views in a few yeah. hours, right? I post the same one on Facebook, and I've got like two hundred views. So it does take a minute. So I, I had uh, a video, the very first one that ever did any kind of numbers on there for me. Uh-huh. I had a video of at the sun, Sunset Guys have that Austin yeah. uh, Out Loud thing that they yeah. do. I'm drawing a blank on the name of the fucking show, the variety show they do. Yeah. And I went up and told a joke with a blindfold and let audience members come up and slap me in the face. Incredible. It was called Get Chris Rocked. It was right after it happened. Incredible. So I'm telling this joke and this guy... Uh, jumps the line because we had like a couple girls that volunteered and it's like it'll be funny they won't slap that hard maybe they will but it's still a lady so I'll be okay yeah. this drunk dude just hops on the stage and smacks the fuck out of me with like all palm like he wound up Holy and like shit. you see it hit my jaw and I'm like Phew. I was like hey just so you know I still have a gun like I can take the blindfold off and just shoot you like you get that right you fucking retard <laughs> but so the the video is literally just four seconds of the slow-mo of him slapping the shit out of me with the blindfold on it had like a hundred views and then a lady running for mayor in Louisiana, her like official verified page liked it. And then it shot up to 60,000. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's just it like, it's, there's it's, just random shit on there. I, I had one that was sitting at 200,000 and then one morning I woke up and it was at 400. Really? Randomly popped 200 K overnight. No one understands the cloud, dude. <laughs> no, no one, dude. No one gets the cloud. I don't understand how that shit works, man. Well, dude, that fucking girl, Ariel, I don't know her last name, but Ariel something is a comedian, and she was doing a show, I think like Portland or some shit, and she gets a beer can thrown at her. Uh-uh. So these people, she has like a Q&A section during a show where she's like, built in, and this person asks who she voted for, uh, and she's like, so you voted for Biden. And she's like, well, I can tell you voted for Trump because you've been talking way longer than anyone wanted you to. Ooh. And so then the lady that she said, she's like, fuck you, you know, whatever. And then... uh the lady throws a fucking full beer, oh, like chucks it, and it hits the on, wall dude. behind her. This chick Ariel picks up the beer and finishes it. Which oh, stud move for sure, stud move. But like, so she posts the video. It goes super viral on every platform. Everybody's reposting it. Talib Kweli reposts it. Like it's insane. And then Jimmy Kimmel comment like quote tweets her, and she's like, "Can I make my late night debut debut on your show?" And he says, "Yes." That's so amazing. Like, little shit like that. Like no one understands the cloud. There's no way that she knew, like, in that moment, getting a beer thrown at her. She's she like, fear this is like, my career-making yeah. moment. She's just probably like, fuck! Yeah, dude, it's, it's yeah. the internet's a strange place. That, or she was coming her fucking pants off because she knew there was a camera. And she was just like, this is getting recorded. Dude, I am about but, to soak. But destroying that beer after it was thrown at her? I mean, that's a veteran move. I mean, that is... Yeah. That's a veteran move, so... That's yeah. very cool. Fucking dang. I um, generally play like such a likable person on stage. That that's, yeah. that's where my... Like I said, I'd want you to have sex with my sister. Yeah, right? uh, I'll say that to you every time I see you. <laughs> I don't have a sister. She died in the womb. But my God, if she was here right now, she'd be rolling over in her grave. <laughs> I would take her to a nice dinner first. I hope you'd never call her back again. Like <laughs> oh, I'm a Gentile man. Oh, what? Buy her dinner, and then I would just text her at 4 a.m. You up, you hey, know? You up. <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, man. But... So I don't generally get like angry hecklers. Yeah. I haven't had one in a while uh, where anybody gets mad at me or is pissed off or really says anything, which sucks because there are a few things that are more fun than just leveling somebody oh, yeah. from stage. Roasting someone to fucking tears is amazing. It's one of the few times that you're given license to be mean. Yep. Because they have uh, broken like the unspoken rule of I talk, you don't talk. Yep. And then they do the talk, and now everyone's like, fuck them up. Yeah, and the whole crowd gets on your side, too. Yeah, and you can be brutal. Oh, yeah. 
I did oh, a yeah. subway joke not too long ago, and I, in the middle of it, a lady uh, said, veggie lovers. I was like, what? Oh, she goes, man. veggie lovers. I was like, ma'am, look at you. You've never ordered a veggie lovers. You're just a foot-long cheesesteak yeah. gal every day of the week. Yeah. And the crowd just goes wild. It's like, stop talking. You're in my league. You know? I love it, dude. And it's just like, if you ever said that unprompted, they'd oh. be like, kill him. Yeah. Kill him You're now. He called a woman fat. Yeah. You must kill him where he stands. It's crazy. The but law. instead, they're like, get that pig. Yeah. You know? The law of like what you can do. It's, yeah. I had a, that show, and then there was these three women in the front. And mm-hmm. like one, they're drunk, old 50-year-old women. They're skin. They look like a fucking Buick seat. They're just <laughs> tan and shriveled and they kept talking and the comic before me made like a reference about hocus pocus and i just lit into this bitch and i was like listen sarah jessica parker you're still fucking ugly okay and like just just started eating her. and it's just like you can't be that mean outside because that woman sucks she came up to me after the show and tried to gargle some goddamn speech into my ear and i'm then i can't say anything but on stage like you said you, you're, yeah. you're in this realm where you can be an asshole yeah go over well and people love you for, it's yeah. so wild yeah it's a dangerous power. And sometimes it's witty. Sometimes it helps. Like I've seen like a couple of guys, like Zach Bogus, um, the guy I record with. <clears throat> this lady was talking through about some of vaccination, like in the middle of his set, and he just, "What's your name?" And she said, "Hope." He goes, "Is your last name Less?" Like, ho- like just clever shit. And I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, it can really turn a set on. You know it, what I'm saying? It does, dude. It, so that's one of the things that blew my mind. Um, Josh Adam Myers. Uh, who's a fucking hilarious comedian. When I lived in LA, I ran a show in Huntington Beach at this like shitty little dive bar called the Shanghai Room. Mm-hmm. But I had a good day job, so my thing was I'm going to make a free show, I'm going to pay out of pocket, and I'm going to pay good LA comics to drive down here and you know have fun in a room, and I'm just going to do my best to fill the room every week just to have a good show yeah, for, for people, sure. and I'm just going to book good people. Yeah. So I, I book him. Dude, I have Ali Mikofsky on there, Michael Longfellow just got SNL. Like, all these fucking killers would drive down because it's L.A. No one pays for fucking comedy. And if you're like, hey, I'll give you 100 bucks to do 20 minutes, you have to drive an hour, they're like, fucking let's go. I'm there. Yeah, so Josh agrees to do it, and literally the only reason he agreed is because uh, he was filming his Comedy Central half hour, and so he just wanted to run it a couple more times. So he comes down to do the show. There's 25 people in the bar. It's you know, it's weird setup, but it's fine. And he starts doing his material that's for the Comedy Central taping, and it's kind of meh. Like people are really not vibing with it and getting really? into it. And so then he stops in the middle of one of the jokes, and then just starts talking to one of the crowd members, like, "What's going on? Why don't you like this?" And then starts crowd working, and then explodes the fucking room with a couple of crowd work pieces. And then goes back into the material and it starts leveling. And he finishes out and he does all the material and finishes out and just destroys. And after the show, I was like, dude, that was like magic. What did you do? He's like, you just have to connect with the people in the room. The biggest lesson in comedy is if they're not connected to you and it just feels like a performance, then it's got to be the insane most best written jokes ever or or they're not going to laugh. But if you have a good joke and then you can get them on your side and connect to them, then you can make that joke really pop and yeah. you can see what it's worth. So yeah. that's just yeah, that's, that's always crazy. stuck in my head. Damn, dude, that's I never thought about it like that. But I mean, yeah, get them to connect with them, be relatable, you know, yeah. get them to feel like they're part of it. That was the, the thing that uh, someone taught me when I was hosting. And I wish I could remember who was the first person to tell me this, but two in the room. So when you start off uh, a set or you're doing a host set where you got to bite the bullet and kind of welcome everybody. So the first thing you want is some positive stuff like, hey, let's give it up for being out live comedy or whatever. Some kind of just pandery shit. 
and then two things that are going on. So either like there's someone that you notice in the crowd, there's a giant bald guy, you point him out, make some fun of him, or the room is crazy, the setup is crazy, but you point out two things that everybody would have noticed, and then that instantly connects them to you because it's something they're all thinking of. And it's just like a little hack at the beginning to get them connected right away. That's fucking brilliant. Jesus Christ. I never even thought about it like that. There's so many of these little fucking tricks, dude. And like, I ask like every headliner I get to work with, I'm just like, I'm a sponge. Yeah. Because they all fucking know stuff like that. And because comedy has gotten so democratized with all of the social media stuff, you can blow up without ever really doing all the club stuff and learning and having to do shitty weekends and terrible headliners with bad advice. Like you can just go to the top. And so you might not have the mechanics. So the people that are teaching the mechanics are all these like hokey, shitty, awful people that charge a thousand dollars for their comedy class. It's like, bitch, you don't even do comedy. Fuck off. Yeah, so, like, yeah. where do you learn this stuff? You, you get in the shit. Yeah. You gotta get, gotta get out there. That was my biggest thing, like, with the social media stuff, like, blowing up like that. It's like, and then trying to make this transition, it's like, I got this massive following, but at the same time, it's like, I'm not that good of a comic yet because I haven't gr- cut my teeth, you know, or earned that fucking, you know, I ain't walked through that shit, you know, before to learn that shit. And it's those nuances, like, you're talking about, point two things out in the room. It's like, I never really thought about it like that. But the more and more you do it, you know, sure, like, you sponge. Soak it up, but yeah, that's fucking yeah, dude. That's, <coughs> it's wild, right? That's fucking incredible. Yeah, you start to pick up those dude. My first probably fifty sets, I would take the microphone out of the mic stand and then just leave the mic stand there in front of me. Yeah, and like I saw other people move it, and it was like, I'm not gonna be like everyone else and just fucking like who cares? Yeah, it's a mic stand, and then one guy was like, "Hey, man, it creates a barrier with you and the audience to have something physical between the two of you." It's it's crazy to say like, that Rocky Dale Davis told what? me the same thing. He's like, move the mics because I used to get on the mic stand, like, yeah, put it between my legs and like make love to it. You yeah, know? It's, like, it's a barrier, man. Like I said, it's those little nuances that really you don't know until you're told or you see it. You know, there was so. a guy DJ Collins that used to run an open mic here on Sundays called Mr. Tramps. This was four years ago, but I would not hold the microphone up enough to my face, so I'd have it like back here and I'd be yeah. talking and no one could fucking hear me, and so. He would be like, Mike, and like tell me to hold the mic up closer in the middle of my sets, and, and then stuff would start popping. It's like, oh, I wasn't bombing. No one could fucking hear me. couldn't hear you. And yeah. no one there is going to be like, hey, man, we can't fucking hear yeah. you. They're just yeah. like, God, this guy sucks. This guy sucks. He's so quiet. Yeah, what an idiot. Librarian. What's he doing? Yeah, and like, I have a big voice, so it's like, you can still kind of hear me, yeah. but it changes the inflection of, of everything with how you can deliver it with the sound being louder with the microphone you don't have to be huge energy on stuff for everyone to hear it clearly sure and then you can save the huge energy for shit that needs huge energy yeah no 100 percent. jesus yeah there's so much there's to so it much dude shit. you get into the fucking technicals um let's get back into funny stories yeah 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 Boy, what we're doing? comedy 101 you know <laughs> yeah. um check this out i wanted to pitch this to you dude yeah all right because i'm gonna meet up with dean after this fuck yeah i love dean long-haired brother um and he's like doing the, that Texas comedy TV stuff, uh-huh. stuff you know, yeah. riding bulls and fucking fishing, noodling. I was supposed to be noodling, man. I missed it. That dude, had that a day job. But I, I, I told this to Tony today on his fucking podcast, and I was like, dude, I think it's a good idea. And he's like, dude, that yeah, sounds fucking bad. So, like, I grew up watching them shitty ghost fucking shows, <laughs> hunting for ghosts. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I got all the equipment. You know, I got fucking night vision cameras. <laughs> Look, dude, I mean, I've been to the graveyard at late at nighttime, the witching hour, with the goddamn uh, Ouija boards and shit. Yeah. Your boy's been touched by the other side, okay? <laughs> and uh, I was like, yo, what if, you know, with that, and I was going to sit down with him today and talk about, it, like, what if 
you took like four comics. You just they got the I got the rig. You set up like with the vest and the cameras right here, so you don't have a big camera crew. You just got one actual camera guy following the sets, mm-hmm. uh, guys. And we go out to like you know go out to Pennsylvania or some mm-hmm. shit like that. Go there's a place in Victoria or just south of Victoria that's like a mental institution that's like one of the most honest places in Texas. Yeah, we go out there. We find a local brewery. Okay. Mm-hmm. To sponsor us for the episode, give us all the beer we can fucking handle. Because the ghost people, they don't get fucking drunk and act like yeah. that. I'm talking about getting slammed with your boys, hunting for Casper, okay? And, and like most of them times in them shows, if they don't find paranormal evidence, it's a fucking shit episode. Yeah. But with comics roasting each other and getting slamburger drunk. And it one of you's going to sneak off and then come back and scare the exactly. shit out of and somebody. You're fucking with your boys. I was like, dude, I think people would watch that shit. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Just to see like, well, what if Comedians we in like, cars getting Casper? Dude. That's what I'm fucking <laughs> saying, dude. I was like, dude, comedy ghost hunt or some shit. I, I don't know. Dude, so I, I'll put you a location. Uh, the Sunset guys have got a new location yeah, yeah. that's part of old Austin and I won't disclose the exact location, yeah. but I will tell you that when I toured it, the one with them, uh, the woman who was taking us through there, me, John Carden, and Anthony Hashem were going through, and she kept referring to a demon. She didn't say ghost. She oh, said demon. She kept saying demon. John believes in that shit. I you don't? don't. Come on. I think it's all silly what? and very funny. Because, like, here's my deal. Like, it, there may be something like that, but I just think about it, like, the same way I think about people. Like, I've met people that everyone says is very grumpy and shitty and not cool to talk to, and then I go and talk to them, and I put on a little Mikey charm, and then we're friends. Yeah. So that's what I have proposed we do with the new Sunset Demon, is that when we have shows, we pour a shout-out for him, we make oh. him our boy. Okay. Because, like, okay. He, he's, he's a demon, because you guys are looking at him like a demon, but, like... You know, just a nice guy. What if if you're girl? in the bathroom, smelling some undo buttons, maybe pour one out for your hey, boy. Hey, for the homies. Yeah. For the homies. So we could have a seance where we welcome the sunset demon. Oh, that's We brilliant. all just get smashed at sunset. Oh, I'm about it. I got a little, uh, this little TS-80 spirit box that scans radio frequency waves like a thousand a second, and that's how they communicate through you. Oh, yeah. Whoa. That shit in the graveyard. All right. So, all right. Talk to me about this, because here's... I, I think that the whole spirit world is possible because I think that we are like uh, a part of a source energy just inhabiting this monkey suit that yep, we've got. No, 100%. And then after we die, that goes back into the source energy, gets recycled and put in a new body. Uh, that's some kind of what I believe, yeah. It, and the reason you don't have memories is because memories are dependent on time and the source energy is not in a place where time exists. Yeah. So you can't, there's a, there's a memory barrier around yeah. the earth where we come exist. But I could see something getting stuck. Yeah, like uh, or you not finish well, like another something. dimension or another alternate universe. Or so the, I, can, I can see some of that shit, and like I've done enough drugs where it's like I've felt some other things out there. Oh yeah, but I don't think of it in like a uh, an evil way. Man, I don't I, ever I, think of like I don't know I, because from the going back from the test of time, dude. There's been like in every popular religion or culture in the world there's some type of demonic other side to it where yeah. there's like a godly figure there's a bad figure something uh-huh. like, i think hell was created to give people a moral conscious code so i won't burn in hell whenever but at the same time there's like i don't know un- unseen for i don't fucking know but i've just seen goofy shit that i can't explain i think that the reason that we always have a god and a devil in all of our religious texts going back and the reason that that's like an archetype of religion is because we use stories and metaphor and text to try and explain how we feel about things okay. and in each of us is god and the devil 
And in every person, there's the good, there's the loving, and then there's caring. There are two wolves, you know. But, but like, but so there's all we always put a devil out there. And we try to make it bad because then that justifies that we have badness inside of us because there's something external causing sure. that bad. But if we look at like ghosts that way, like I think ghosts are just like people. Like there's going to be some good and some bad. But like to have a place where like the evil ghosts would haunt just to fuck people up. What does that serve? What do they get out of it? Because do they feed off of fear? Is it, you know, like a Monsters, Inc. situation where they're charging batteries with our screams? Or is it like, you know, just like a person where they need uh, significance, they need fulfillment, they need to feel cared for and loved, and the frustration comes from a lack of communication. So, like, what is, why are they evil? I, th- I think that they're just, they're just there. Well, look, dude, let's, let's go get a couple bush lights and get, <laughs> let's go figure that the fuck out. That sounds like so much I'm fun. I'm telling you, dude, I think it'd be, I think it'd be a hit. I think it'd be good. Have you seen a ghost in real life? I've seen some weird shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah probably. And I told this one on the other podcast too, but it's still to this day. I don't know what the fuck, how the fuck it, I don't know how that happened, but okay. there's a place. I used to work in Ohio and uh, uh, there's a place on the border of Ohio and Kentucky. There's this place called Bobby Mackey's. Okay. It's a beer joint. It's an old ass beer joint. Okay. But the like owner of it that was like in the like 1800s, like killed a bunch of people, sacrificed a bunch of people in this little limestone cavern thing in the basement. They call it the portal to hell. Okay. Oh, so like not shit. only is it a beer okay. joint, but you can like go and uh, see like a ghost tour. Like, Hey, that's terrifying. It's <laughs> Already? That's fucking terrifying. Yeah. And like, Oh, he's uh, just throwing people and, in a limestone pit. Yeah, and just sacrificing them and shit, cutting their heads, like all kinds of weird shit. Whoa. Yeah, dude, it's nuts. And like, why ain't this on Netflix? There's well, there there's some they've done documentaries on the place, and there's this one guy. He was like a he was basically like a, a groundskeeper to the place, and he lived in the attic, and he went like mm-hmm. crazy, insane, like stuff just happened to him because he'd be there when no one else was there. But yeah. but I remember. I went there one night uh, with a lovely young lady, and uh, I'm in line <laughs> trying to get in, and there just happens to be this dude in a cowboy hat I start kicking up conversation with because he's the only one wearing a cowboy hat besides myself. So I ask him where he's from. Well, he's from, like, my hometown, like, knows mm-hmm. the same people. I, I don't know who he is, but I know he knows the same people that I know. So I was like, oh, shit, cool. So we're just drinking beer, having a grand old time, and then we all take that ghost tour later. Well, we go down in that basement, and they got that cavern blocked off with barricades. So you can look over it, and it's not a very big drop from the actual ground level. It's maybe five foot, but it's a little little hole in the ground. And... uh He's like drunk and he like taps me and goes, yo, dare me to scale that fucking railing and jump down in there? And I said, there's not a man in your family if you don't fucking do that right now. And this drunk God bastard. God damn, those two sentences back and forth are, oh, dude, fuck. This if dr- you said that to me, I would have to do it. <laughs> I would have to grow a penis and I'm be like, all right, I'm doing it then. I'm telling you. And this Holy fucking, shit, this there's fucking, not a man in your family? That is a, generational insult. There's not a hair on your ass, buddy. That's so good. Holy this, shit. So this dude scales this railing while the tour guide's off looking the other way. <laughs> and he jumps down in it. And he lands on his feet and like bows and then stands straight back up. When he stands straight back up, he faints. Hits his head, cracks his fucking head. Oh, no. And, like, I'm like, yo. Yeah, like, no one's seeing it. I'm like, yo, uh, old boy just jumped in this pit. And they're like, oh, God. And, like, he's knocked the fuck out unconscious. Like, and I thought, I don't know this guy. I've been hanging out with this guy at the bar, okay? I know yeah. he knows. Where, like, this ain't a part of the tour. You yeah. know what I'm saying? He doesn't just isn't the lingering guy in the tour that's paid by the establishment to do this silly shit. Like, yeah. this dude, it, something's wrong. Dude, paramedics came in there. They had to hoist his ass out and, like, put him on a stretcher and take him. Like, and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? And, like, he landed on his feet completely fine, got up and down there, like, was about to look back up at me, and he fainted. Whoa. So I'm like, what, there's... 
what I've jumped off of shit before. That don't happen to me. You know what I'm saying? Like that was damn. Weird. See, this is when I want to be like house. And, and have House explained to me so that there was like the, a pulmonary infarction or some yeah, shit. Yeah, but I mean, if that's the portal to hell and all this energy and it just overwhelmed him and like, yeah. I don't know, dude. His but, feet touched it and he went, oof. Like fucking, like someone getting punched clean, knocked out cold. That's painted, bro. wild. And I was like, to this day, I was like, I don't fuck with the unknown like I used to. I used all to right. not believe in it, but it's weird shit. So. See, I haven't had a lot of, uh, I think just by the nature of not really believing in it, I haven't had a lot of ghost shit, but I've had enough uh, DMT experiences oh, yeah. where like, I, I went from pretty staunch atheist, um, where it was like, there's no God, it's so stupid to believe in a God, all of the religious texts are just us trying to not be so fucking lonely and cope with the fact that when we die, nothing, nothing happens. happens. So I'm I'm fine with those beliefs, and then I put it to rest. I'm like, I figured it out. It's an uncomfortable truth, but it's a thing that I know. And then I did DMT, and the second time, I had a vision where it was like, oh, that's where souls come from. And then I was like, you don't need, what? What do you mean souls? You fucking idiot! And then I had to sit and reflect, and, and be like, there might be more to this picture than just this. Then you know, like it. And I don't think that it's. Um, I don't think any of the religions got it right. I think that they're all good rule books for how to be a better person. Set a foundation. If, yeah, yeah, if you follow the good parts. But then all of them also fall prey to the fact that, like, if you're a person saying how people should live, some of your quirks and mannerisms and some of the weird mores that you hold come out in that. Yeah. You know, like, I get, like, hey, back then, don't eat shellfish because it'll probably kill you because we haven't figured out how to do all that stuff right yet. Yeah. Don't eat pork because we feed all of the pigs slop. Like, I, I can get, like, where that comes from. But then you're like, hey, if you rape the slave you have to marry it like that doesn't that don't jive that's that's, that don't jive. that's you know that's not why do i need that <laughs> <laughs> you know like i feel like if there's an uh, all-knowing god he's probably not like hey man i hate all of you guys butt fucking i'm gonna flood the earth yeah you know? yeah wow that's dude. so wild uh, that one dude was like hey because it that's what i think about everybody that is that is homophobic they're just gay and they hate that about themselves they do hate it yeah. and then they see other people doing the thing they wish they could do and so then they're like stop that's bad that's bad so that's the only thing that i that ever explains it to me so then you look back and you're like these were just like some old gay dudes back in like the day and they probably got caught fucking a guy and they're like the devil came over me and we got to make sure that doesn't happen to anyone else nobody's putting their penis in someone other's asshole no boy on boy fucking none <laughs> Meanwhile, the Greeks were like, "All oh, boy, I'm boy getting that." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've got a whole stable of boys for me to fuck. Dude, I'm dude. Socrates. Uh, <laughs> yo, but real question: Who looked at a fucking oyster and was like, "Yo, that booger looks fucking delicious to eat"? I am so grateful for the food pioneers that made my. I love oysters. They're incredible. they're incredible. But who looked at that motherfucker and goes, "Yo, that's tasty." That's a psychopath. That is a pure psychopath, the person that did that. And how did he convince his friends? Because not only was he a psychotic person that tried boogers of the sea, but then he had enough charisma to go to tell somebody. <laughs> Guys, you got to try this salty snot. Hey, try with a cracker. Put a, lot, put a lemon on it. You know what I'm saying? Put a little of horseradish on it. <laughs> what a fucking guy. Stellar guy. Shout out to that man. Yeah, Mr. Oyster, you're a hero. Oh, <laughs> man. I don't know who invented uh, the oyster, but. But speaking of back to the DMT experience you were yeah. saying, uh, the other night I was with my cousin Clark, and uh, he's a genius. Um, He's a chemist, and we were we were doing some mushrooms, 
and we got on the whole God binge talk uh-huh. thing about what happens. And I, th- I think aliens or some kind of advanced life form may have put us here or something. Okay. But for what purpose is unbeknownst to me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you yeah, know, man, he's, I thought about this too. He's like, you know what it is? He goes, they put us here because they forgot how they became what they became. He's like, they're one of us, a parent of us, but they wanted to recreate us to watch how we formulated into what they became. They want to watch us grow to learn how they became. Mm-hmm. Like they're so advanced they forgot yeah. what it was to be prehistoric or, or to them or something. I was like, dude, I've never thought about it like that. But I was like, all right. That's like, all right. that's 80% of the way to the, my theory that after, that I came. So I, after I did a bunch of DMT, I went and spent some time uh, in a Hogan in Navajo territory. Like right in Monument Valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I drank the tea that they made with the herbs from the land and it was fucking great. And it was very peaceful and spiritual. And I just sat there in silence a lot, just thinking and reflecting on stuff. And I wrote out what I think to be like the meaning of life and why we're here. Um so we exist in like a, a timeline where we have memories of things. And because time happens and each moment exists no longer after it happened. Uh, everything has significance. If you're happy or you're sad or any of those things, those are significant because they're encapsulated by time. And you have this finite period. We don't know how long it is, but we know that we have only a limited amount of time. So everything has significance. Now, if you go to the source energy where we go after we die, time no longer exists because it's a higher dimension. Yeah. So like... Time it, it time exists, but time is already happening and happened. It's it's no longer linear. It's a dot. No, because we're at a higher dimension, so there's no longer significance when you exist as like a tenth dimensional being. There's no thing happening now because it's already happened, happened. and will happen Holy and has shit, happened, Mikey. So to experience anything whatsoever, you have to have significance. So they give away some of their power from existing in a 10th dimensional being to temporarily come to a plane where they experience significance. Holy shit. So I think that's what the earth is, is just a place for them to go when they require more of that need to be fulfilled at that satisfaction level. satisfaction of... Dude, I would eat a fucking pound of mushrooms right now. That got me so jazzed up <laughs> right? right now. Holy fuck, I never thought about it like that, dude. Alex Jones is dicks hard as a rock right now. Oh, for sure. Oh, buddy. Dude, uh, I, he's one of those people that got so blasted by... He did, dude, because I... Dude, he's... He makes I, mistakes, I, but I he watched, also apologizes for his mistakes. Yeah, he's, well, he's got a... He's aggressive, but I mean... <laughs> but, dude, I watched a fucking clip, a simultaneous clip of the Joe Rogan podcast with Elon Musk and Alex Jones side by side. Uh-huh. And they're basically saying the fucking exact same thing to some extent about oh. the, the, the afterlife, the dimensional beings, the AI and shit like that. Alex Jones is just saying it on a ridiculously crazy scale, mm-hmm. but Elon Musk is saying it. That's the points you can draw from it are pretty fucking similar, and I'm like, it's all perspective. Yeah, from that. But I'm like, he's not wrong. I mean, some of the shit he says, I don't think is exactly too far from what it what could be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like he's just pull, grasping at strings and shit. Like some of the shit he says, is like that's somewhat relevant. So yeah, I don't know. I I think if you look at him as just an entertainer, and that you like. Take him with a grain of salt. The same, like, like this is the same way I feel about Joe Rogan. I watch Joe Rogan. I really like the episodes with comedians. Sometimes I watch the episodes with not comedians, and I learn stuff. But also, like, I know that I just learned that from a podcast. Yeah, this what this isn't like 
decisions I make my life on. Yeah, you should. It was like, whoa, a cool fact I know and can bring up in a conversation yeah, when I someone else knows the thing. You know yeah, what I'm that's it. Like, no, I don't live by it. You know. Yeah, like, I, so, like, that's why I said, like, all of that uh, experiencing significance and all that, and the aliens and the different dimensions and all that. Like, that's a thing that I have inside me that I developed and thought about and have shared with some people. Yeah, but it doesn't really change anything about my day to day, other than that it's like. A, I'm going to go try and be significant today. It ain't going to pay my light bill. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I got you know? bills to pay. Yeah. Yeah, I got shit so. to do, man. I'm trying to make jokes. I don't have time to be explaining the universe to so people. You, so you think when you die, whatever, your spirit goes back into something else? Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of feel, I used to not think that, but then like, I have like a profound love for blues, like the mm-hmm. music blues. I, I don't know where it comes from. Nobody in my family ever Your rough it. childhood. We, we, <laughs> you were poor growing yeah, up. You know yeah, what I'm saying? What? But like, Same place that earring came from. Exactly. Trauma. Yeah, that's uh, my guardian angel's left wing. He's dead now. That's all I could take from the fire. Uh, but fucking, no, like, but like, I remember being like 12, 13 years old and like on the fucking LimeWire, Napster, giving the family a computer a virus and shit, yeah. but like listening to like Howlin' Wolf and fucking Little Walter and shit like that and like not knowing what I was hearing or why I'd like it, mm-hmm. but I just get chill bumps that resonate with me. I learned yeah. how to play harmonica behind it. Now I think like, what if in a past life or something, I yeah. was a Delta Blues musician because it resonates with me for reasons I don't know why. That's the shit I'm you know talking about is there's little stuff like that, like... I don't know, and I and like it's tough saying like past lives. Have you ever read The Egg Mm-mm. by Andy Weir? He's the same guy that wrote that book, The Martian, that became the movie about the guy that goes and tries to live on Mars. No, it was Jason Bourne or something. I, uh, I, I, <laughs> Stan, I, do you know who it was? Matt Damon. Yeah, the other what's that? Bio, what's that, uh, what's that movie called? Uh, the one where he goes to Mars and he tries to plant the shit. What's That's it? the Martian. The Martian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's a, no, I'm saying he's a botanist. That's oh, I, I like yeah. that word botanist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he has a, another uh, short story he wrote called The Egg. But it's essentially that um, we are all because we're all part of that source energy. Like the the way that you and I look at a timeline where it's like a past life. Like a piece of me could also be in a piece of someone that's alive right now. Yeah. So like that's like when you say something like so like I would like you could be in a piece of you know another like a blues musician that's just there right now somebody that's like a blues oh, musician fuck. or you could be somebody that in the future is a blues musician. Oh shit! Like because all the time shit's all mixed up. It's just there's one. So the thing I saw on my second DMT trip was a giant like celestial gear. It looked like a like a clock gear. Uh, but it was glowing like a star, and at the top of the gear, there were very small droplets, and as it rotated, and this was, holy again, shit. massive scale, but as it rotated, the droplet got bigger, and then it went off. And then there were also, at the same time, just millions of droplets gathering into the center of that. So that, what I saw, was like, that's where souls come from. But that's but it was like, okay, so the significance happens, it has to go be washed and put into the thing, and then it goes Filtered. back out, and then a droplet comes back out to go be a soul into somebody else. Dude, that's all those... the, the premise of The Matrix, the movie The Matrix. Right? Holy shit. Yeah. So there's, I don't know, man. There's some... With Keanu Reeves there? <laughs> I wish, dude. <laughs> That'd be sick. And that's a, that's a book, The Egg? Uh, it's just a short story. It's maybe 500 words. Man, I haven't read a book. I used to get books at the library, but then they tried to charge me with a fucking late fee. And I was like, fuck y'all, I'll never read a book again. Yeah, so I that'll, show that. that'll show them. You stupid librarians. Fucking shit. You think I'm going to read again? I don't even pay my late fees at Blockbuster. That's why they're fucking underwater right now. Oh, that's Damn, a- that's crazy. Dude. Now, fuck, now I want to go alter my mind a little bit. Nothing wrong with a little mind mm-hmm. alteration. I've never done DMT, but I, I want to. It's a, it's a while. I was just talking with someone about this recently because um, I did it. A tremendous amount of times in like a six month period, 
And then I, the last time that I did it was enough. And it was like, I don't need this anymore. You've seen it. You've seen it. But the last time, uh, so Eli has a similar thing he talked about. He did it so much that he got locked out. So he could smoke so much DMT. So he can't that, get to that other side again. But he couldn't even like trip. He would just keep hitting it and nothing would happen. But there's no f- way for your body physically to develop an immunity or a tolerance to the DMT because it's a naturally occurring substance. In your brain. So And you don't like experience. He explains all this to me better than I can. But Dude, that dude is really smart. He is. It's wild. He's he, like really smart. But so he gets locked out. He can't do the drugs. Any- he, like when he does them anymore, nothing happens. And for me, the last time I did it, I uh, didn't take enough to blast off, but enough to have some good closed eye visuals. And I saw two... Let's call them sprites, um, but they looked somewhere between like Felix the cat and uh, like just an amorphous blob. But there was a distinct white and black one, like one of each, and they were doing little spinning stuff and making symbols. And then at the end, they made like a hands doing a heart thing. And I was at a rave place in my tent with a storm going on around me. But so I'm laying in my my tent, and like that's what I'm seeing with my eyes closed, and it just it left me with such a peaceful message, like you've gotten what you need from here, you don't have to come back. And I'd never gotten that message from any drug before. That's I've, I've fucking had awesome. Profound acid, mushroom, Molly, fucking ketamine, all those have had messages, but they've never been like you've had enough. But that was the one where it was like you've learned what you needed from here. That's incredible. Wild. That's incredible. So I mean, it's. But I've also only done the pen. I've only done oh, that the cartridge. I've never like freebased it. The, the, yeah, I heard yeah. that's the way to go. Well, I mean, I can't imagine anything being more intense than what I did. Yeah, because it's like I, bro, I, I was. I remember distinctly, like there was one night with me and Eli where we were ripping the pen back and forth, and uh, we'd had a couple points of Molly. We went and saw a Mark Rebier concert oh, at the nice. Roxy. Nice. And then we went to the store afterwards where we were rolling tits and people kept being like, why are you guys sweating so much? We're like, we should go. So, yeah. so we leave, we start doing a bunch of DMT and we, I distinctly remember being in the helm of like a Star Trek style spaceship where I'm sitting and there's a whole deck below me and I'm on this Your upper Captain deck Kirk. and I'm, I'm standing there, but there's all of the other people are there, like all the other entities, but you can't, I couldn't recognize any of them. They weren't people that I'd seen or, or a thing that I could recognize in my brain, but they were there. And then Eli was just running around crazy in there. And like, I would open my eyes and Eli would be just running around the apartment and then I would close my eyes and Eli would be in my thing. But the crazy part is that we were both there in the spaceship together. And he was like, dude, I'm just running around this fucking spaceship. And I'm like, you're seeing the spaceship simultaneously. Already. Shared psychosis. Holy shit. Dude. So I can't imagine doing a drug that's more intense than me and my best friend sitting in an apartment. Like we're in a spaceship. That's incredible. <laughs> For like hours, we were just going awesome, back up, dude. and we had to keep recharging the pen. <laughs> so we're like two half retards, just DMT and rolling out of our minds, having the time of our lives, running around the spaceship. And then we'd go to hit the pen, and it would blink, and be like charge it, charge it, charge it. And then we'd both scramble to figure out how to charge this pen. Oh man, it was fun, man. What would have been really fucking cool is if the spaceship would have had a charger. I know. My God, what a treat. Dude, that's incredible. That shared circus, that's fucking awesome, dude. That's one of those ones where you're like, that's not even supposed to happen. No. How are we here? Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts, dude. Fucking A. I thought we were coming on here and talking comedy. I'm this most enlightened. (laughs) I'm having a ball. Yeah, here to talk comedy. End up just talking about drugs. Well, they go hand in hand. They do. do. You couldn't really have one without the other. I have learned, though, like... 
don't take Adderall on stage no more. Don't do cocaine. Like, you got to be mm-hmm. prevalent. You got to be, like, in the moment type shit. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that that, like, because um, I have some friends that occasionally will do, like, a pretty large amount of acid or mushrooms and then go on stage. <sighs> and some that will eat, like, a tremendous dose of edibles, even, and then go on stage. And I just, I can't fathom how the, how they're able to do that. Fuck out, dude. Yeah. Um, but I mean, everybody's built different, yeah, but I'm the same. Is, yeah. I can't do up anything that makes me go up. I'm going to bomb, which I do up outside of it. And I'm great. But when I do it on there, I, it's just something about it. I, I don't know. It like makes my anxiety more. I, I don't know, man. It's, it's weird. It's all figuring it out though. Yeah. Back when, uh, so the first time I figured out, I, I just found out like I cannot get on stage after cocaine. It was a few years ago in LA and I was in Huntington Beach uh, doing a show at a room I'd done a few times. Should have been pretty easy stuff. And so I, I did the early show. It was fine. Had a few drinks. And then I realized I'd had too many drinks. So I was like, I'm a little too loosey-goosey for this next show. I'll just put an undo button in there. So I'd do a couple bumps. And then when I got up on stage, it had made me too undrunk. Ooh. I had undone too much buttons. And then I was up there and it was like, I'm wired and I want to talk about everything. And it's like, you know, I want to start a business. You know, like that, that's where that comes from. It's like, like, guys, I got the best fucking idea. We're going to do like dog walking, but we're going to do it on a fucking treadmill inside. And then like the treadmill will power your car, right? So like, you, you think of just insane tangents and connect thoughts that don't need to be connected. And you don't for connect me. with the audience with it. Yo. And they are just like, what the, the fuck, fuck is happening? Yeah. yeah. Fucking shit, dude. What are we at on time, Dan? 55? All right. I'm going to do a couple ad reads real quick. Yeah, do you think? Um, first, I want to thank uh, Joker Glass for sponsoring the show. Uh, J-O-K-R Glass on Instagram. Uh, it is a, a water pipe, uh, and it's got this incredible perk in it. Um, what are those rubber bands around it? Or? So this is the cool part of this. Oh, shit. It comes apart. It's compartmentalized. So you can take off this middle piece with the perk, and you can wash it, and then still have just a straight beaker style. Is that like a honeycomb in the center? Is it like a? It sure is. is. Oh my god! So and that's you may have noticed I hit it a few times uh, with some nice uh, Delta Eight CBD stuff while we were recording, but it's so fucking smooth, uh, and it. I mean, it's just it's a really nice piece of glass, and the best part is American made glass. Uh, and it's two guys based here out of Austin, from Austin, like locals. And uh, so they've hooked us up and sponsored Highly Social. Uh, so check out Joker Glass uh, and use code Eaton for a discount uh, on one of these. Get one yourself. Uh, I They've only made a select number so far, and I got number five. Oh, they labeled So it's pretty That's fucking... They're collector's items. It's pretty fucking dope. Um, th- the first one uh, that was purchased, guess what number? One. 69. The first one they made was 69. And then Incredible. Because they, they made them all already, but then the first ones that people took. Um, but so, yeah, so shout out to Joker Glass. Our other sponsor today is Golden Cricket, uh, the amazing cricket protein bars started by Eli. Uh, they're good. Uh, like, they're actually a good protein bar. I've had them. So that's, that's, he, that's the thing. Like, Dan approves. Like, I thought he was. Uh, someone told me he discontinued them. No, 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 not is discontinued he, at all. They're they are still rip and strong. Um, what actually happened is they sold out because there were so many people that wanted them. They did My so well God. that he sold out, and so he's got to make more. So the go pre-order your Golden Cricket uh, so they don't you can get them before they sell out. They're, it's so wild to me because I, I've always picked protein bars based on flavor, and so I'm, I'm a fat person, but yeah, I try well. not to be as fat as I could possibly be. And when I'm in a fucking pinch and I've got a decision like, do I stop at the grocery, like stop at the gas station and get one of those croissants that has like some chocolate or like some berries and cream inside of it and like a energy drink? 
or do I have a bottle of water and a protein bar? And so I've got a stack of golden crickets at my house. I keep them in the fridge because I like them cold. But now, every now and then, I make the right choice, and I have them. And it's easier to do because they actually taste like a candy bar. Uh, peanut butter, chocolate chip, banana, fucking fantastic. Goldencricket.com, check them out. Um, I don't have a code, but if you use the code Jewish, J-E-W-I-S-H, nice. you'll get a discount because Eli uses that as a discount code on everything he makes. That's incredible. <laughs> so check it out. Uh, uh, goldencricket.com. So those are our sponsors for today's show. Um, Laser, what do you got coming up? Uh, just before we move any further, yeah. fun fact about crickets. Yeah. Don't fact me check on me on this. I don't know for sure, but I have read somewhere. If you time the noise that a cricket makes, that, uh-huh. that sound for a minute, and you see how many of the full sequence they go through, uh-huh. and you minus that by 37, it'll tell you the exact temperature outside. Whoa. Yeah, I read that somewhere. I don't know that to be accurate, though. But that feels like they do more chirping when it's hotter. Exactly. So yeah, that's a fact, too. Eat yeah. a golden cricket bar, and you will be able to tell the exact temperature within 37 degrees. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty good stuff. <laughs> That's a pretty impressive That's, step. I'm telling you, I know like weird shit. Also, too, here's just another little fun fact. This yes, I please. Know to be a real thing. When you were little, uh-huh. when you were little, did your mom or parents ever tell you to, if you eat, you got to eat your carrots to make your eyesight better at nighttime? Oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah. You know where that comes from or where that stems from? I believe so, but please. It- Outside of it being having vitamin E and making your eyes better. Yeah. In World War One, the British government <clears throat> had gunners at, at nighttime that could gun down the German planes overhead. And when and when reporters, a German reporter, like asked them, you know, how are you able to hit these planes at nighttime? They said, well, we feed our soldiers a helpings of carrots nonstop so they can see at night. When in actuality, they were the first military to d- develop sonar radar. Shit, that is that is. I, I knew it was something with the British and radar, propaganda. That's fucking dope. Yeah, big carrot was big just trying to fucking move <laughs> carrots. They should have picked something more obscure, you know, like yeah. and made it like a prank, you know, yeah. like we make them smell dog shit, yeah, just constantly while they're shooting, and it improves their eyes. Fucking yeah, and then you just had a bunch of fucking Germans just like ah oh, scheisse. I can't eat anybody. These stupid doughboys. Um. Dude, I love uh, where I have a fucking uh, tattoo from Slaughterhouse, uh, the book, mm-hmm. Slaughterhouse Five. But, but the Dresden bombing is like the central piece of that book. Yeah, um, that shit's fascinating. All the, the all the war stuff. crimes that people it. do, all the shit that went down. If you go far back enough, every country's been a bad guy. Yeah, I mean, look, like, the winners of war write history. You know, yeah, what I'm you paint whatever picture you want. Happy Columbus Indigenous People Day. You know, yeah, I mean, no that's shit what it's about dude. Yeah, I took Columbus Day off and went and colonized some people. So. Yeah, I mean, look, we gave them the 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 the, the blankets of the Trail of Tears, the stars on the blankets. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, it's shit. wild, right? You know, whatever. You know, I mean, I mean, it sucks. You shouldn't do that. I don't have it. I, I guess, yeah, because I've lost a lot of money in those Indian casinos. Boy, they've just put me over the barrel a time or two. Yeah, so you know, reparations. Yeah, there you go. That's. That, I mean, that's. Some give and take. I don't know. I also, uh, I did uh, an open, I was on my way to, fuck, I don't remember. I, oh, I was on my way to Batavia, but I had to do my day job in uh, Tulsa. And I've never done comedy in Tulsa before. And so I hit up our buddy Maverick. I was like, hey, Maverick, where should I go for an open mic in Tulsa? And he's like, you got to go to this place called the Game Club. It's game isn't hunting game. So there's a bunch of fucking antlers and shits yeah, all over yeah. the wall. Um, but, so a girl got up and she was a native and her name was Jojo Horse Chief. 
That's incredible. And so when they said her name, I was like, get the fuck out. That's not a person. And then I was like, oh, Native Americans have silly names. They have silly names like that. And so then she goes up and she's funny. And I was like, oh, shit. Jojo Horse Chief's a killer. And then another guy showed up and his name was Dakota Six Killer. Oh. What? Those are real people names on their licenses or whatever they give you on the res. But they're... That's a real Dakota Six Killer. That's fucking awesome. How did Native Americans become rappers? And we never noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Lil Baby featuring Dakota Six Killer, Dakota Nardo Six Wick. Killer, you know, like that's that fucking fits, bro. That's awesome, dude. Also, uh, Dakota, I'm sorry I didn't introduce myself and I'm using your name as a joke, but it's fucking dope, that's dude. Dope, that's man, sick. Dude. So mm. uh, please don't make it Seven Killer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, plug some shit, man. People need to come see you live. Yeah, yeah man. I'm trying to. Uh, like I said, uh, you know, I'm still doing the two weeks on, two weeks off of work stuff. But when I'm in, uh, perform a secret show a little bit. Been tr- trying to get out, and get to new comedy clubs. So trying to branch out in Austin. You know what I'm saying? Like had that guy reach out to me in, from Dallas and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm just wherever I can get in. I'm just trying to get in and really Hell yeah. you cut my teeth in it and, and figure it out. But uh, yeah, man, I'm just y- y'all want to hire me? Come hire me. You know what I'm saying? Uncle Laser L A Z E R. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uncle Laser underscore L-A-Z-E-R at the, yeah. on the Instagram, man. I awesome, man. Do all my stuff. Well, your fucking content is great. I You're appreciate a it, legend man. of a human. I appreciate it. I can't it. wait to see, dude, in a year, where your stand-up's going to be is going to be fucking wild. Yeah. And honestly, dude, that going over and going that 37 minutes, though, and feeling that feeling of, like, nothing was missing. I felt like mm-hmm. my, my, my pace was correct, my timing, my transitioning. It's like, it's just doing it, like you said. It's learning it and doing it, trying to get better, but really like having like when we do the secret show you got the timer for the 10 minutes so i'm so worried about that fucking timer i keep looking at it you know yeah. what i'm saying like i don't want to be late for school type shit you know mm-hmm. but having that freedom the other night like having to do like a longer set i thought man this might be a little harder but it actually wasn't because i could elaborate on stories yeah and not worry about the time constraint of it and so you know you're not going to do 20 30 minutes every fucking show you're going to do a lot of the 10 minute spots so it's picking my best ones that hit and figuring that out there's so many elements that fucking game dude and i love it because it's just like Something else to con- have constructive, dude. It's the ultimate puzzle. It's cool. Man. It's it's a Rubik's cube. The, the colors keep changing. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, fucking, I got this side, and then you have a next show, and it's like, well, that's a whole different audience, dude. Yeah, because when I opened up for Rocky Del Davis, when uh, we're out there, he was out there in Austin at the Vulcan. The crowd was different. He's like, dude, not every show's gonna on the road's gonna be a fucking uh, secret show crowd. Where yeah, you know, like you have to learn to adapt. Mm-hmm. You have to be funny. You can't just rely on a gimmick of it. You have to like really know your shit. And I'm yeah. like, man, dude, this, you know what I'm saying? Because sometimes I get discouraged and then I'm just like, no, don't be a pussy. Just fucking figure it out. You well, know the, 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 it's like I, in your shoes, it's like you've got nowhere to go but up. You're yeah. three months in and you're starting to yeah, figure stuff out. I'm also kind of scared. It's like, damn, I can't lose this momentum. God, like every time I step up there, I got to be the fucking best. And I, I got to quit looking at it like that. I got to look at it it's like every time I get up there, I got to get better, not yeah. be the best. You're only competing with yourself. Exactly. Because exactly. The, the thing is, it, there is only one Uncle Laser. True. And there might well, be other people that try and steal that same kind of gimmick and try and do that thing, but there is only one you. And, oh, yeah. And comedy that, is from you. Speaking on that, like, you ever. I'm never nervous if someone's stealing a joke of mine and you because mm-hmm. my shit's so fucking outlandish. You got to deliver it a certain type of way. But is that something you worry yourself about? Like people rip, ripping you off, like on jokes? Have you ever run into an instance like that or anything like that? Anytime that it happens to me, I try to cut that joke because it's like, 
if I'm doing something that someone else can do, then I don't need to be doing it. But I have a, all of my material is so personal. Yeah, it's it's a lot of it is you. based on things that happened in my life or the really clever punchlines that came to me in a fucking moment of clarity that I built a story around. You know, like um, it, so I I don't really worry about it because it's like my stuff is very much me. You yeah, you know, and there I mean, there's other like if you like me and Tony Casillas have a running joke because people mistake us for each other all the time. Yeah, uh, that if one of us dies, we get the other's material. Because we could you massage it a little bit and fit each other's voice and and kind of because we're both big flamboyant loud guys that dress like we grew up listening to rap music. We're from Dallas. Love it. You know we've got generic first names, just like white, boring Mike Tony. You know, Uh, dude, it happened the other day at Quick Trip. I'm leaving like to check out, and this lady goes, "Are you a comedian?" I'm like, yeah. And she goes, I saw you at the Vulcan with my husband. You were so funny. I was like, thank you so much. That's really kind. You made my day. And she goes, do you, do you know just wear your glasses on stage? Oh, and I was like, you fucking twat. Shut up. It, my dude. name's Mike. I'm got also a comedian. It. Fuck got off. <laughs> the best uh, people come up to me, I can tell when they recognize me from TikTok or Instagram mm-hmm. or something. They were like, hey, man, are you that? That Uncle Laser guy, and it's like usually when I'm grocery shopping or fucking, it's never like in a. If I'm out of the bar, cool. It's not, yeah. If I'm not like doing regular shit, like being a regular human, I'm like, nah, fuck that guy. He's my fucking stepbrother or my half brother or some shit like that. I just make it like, I don't know that guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the fucking. But yeah, it's cool, man. It's- Did you have enough like of a stylish look and you're so unique? You could also definitely pull off be like, nah, man, I'm I'm in huge in gay porn. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it just makes the guy feel like a piece of shit. I'm like, my concho. Yeah. yeah, you probably know me from fisting bros. That's uh, <laughs> that's my that's my big. No, I do want to plug one thing. Yes, here. please. Um, this is for Ethel. Hopefully, she'll see this. Ethel. Uh, Ethel is my neighbor lady that lives across the street, mm-hmm. and she's a total cunt. <laughs> Uh, I thought she was a sweet, nice woman, but she is not. Uh, Her tree that she has in her backyard predates the dinosaurs, okay? It's the oldest tree in Texas, I believe. She puts rosemaries and shit on it, and it's been falling over into my yard, but whatever, it's her tree alone. But the other day, when I'm doing a load of clothes at my house, shit water began to rise out of my drainage pipes, all in my laundry floor. And I contacted a plumber. And the plumber said that the tree roots have intersected my septum tank, and it's going to cost about twenty to $30,000 to fix. And the homeowner's insurance does not cover that. Don't know why we have homeowner's insurance. But no fucking clue whatsoever. Insurance is a fucking scam. Farmers, we've seen a thing or two. We well, ain't seen this, because I'm knee-deep in shit in the backyard. Yeah. And so I type a message to Ethel about if she'd help, you know, take care of this shit with me, no pun intended. And she proceeded to answer... Uh, my uh, email by not responding to the question at all, but grammar not seeing me. Uh, I after E, uh, S for apostrophe show, like just grammar Nazi the shit out of me. Wow. And I'm very, uh, listen, Ethel. Oh man, I'm so pissed off at her. But I mean, look, if she doesn't think I won't hire a couple Mexican dudes from the Home Depot and shovel that shit water over into her backyard, she's sadly mistaken. Dude. Yeah, I, my and mom, that's the hard part with trees is because you can't really kill them. Can't kill them. And this, it's and now it's it's like protein for this bastard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, big she's getting stronger. Oh, dude, and like the nutrients, the fertilizer. Yeah. So don't grammar knots me is what I'm saying. Ethel, let's take. Look, my mom was hooked on drugs, so I would never got hooked on phonics. You know what I'm saying? Give me a chance, because <laughs> my God, it. I'm 
I'm knee deep in shit water at the house right now. Dude, I when I worked at I managed a pizza place in Denton for a little while, and I won't say their name because the next part of the story is very illegal. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but one night at a Christmas party, we're all there at the restaurant. And we'd shut it down, and it's you know two three a.m. and we're all pretty fucking tanked. There's several people there that are like nineteen twenty, you know, and they're just smashed. Yeah. And we're sitting around, and one of the owners, who's been a really chill guy and has been very cool about me smoking weed in the walk-in, and has just been like a nice guy all around, I was like, just had been lamenting, there's this huge tree that's right in front of the, the sign that has gotten big enough that now the tree covers the bottom of the shopping center sign where their name is. So if you're driving down this major highway, you, you don't see that this pizza place is there and there's no signage for it. And it's just this one fucking tree and they're so mad about it. And I was like, thousand dollars, I'll get rid of that tree. Nice. And I don't have a truck or anything. I don't have any plans. So I went and got a shit ton of diesel, like three gallons of diesel and just poured it all in the roots of that tree and just left it. And it killed that tree. <laughs> and then that tree died, so there were no leaves on it. And then they had, the city had to come and remove it. Uh, and so the tree was gone. So I saved the day. Dude, you were an all-around savior. Just it, a hometown <laughs> hero, bro. But it, it was one of those things where, like, I remember whoever drove us was, I guess, more sober than me. But I remember just drunkenly going into a gas station and buying those fucking cans and then going out and filling it up with diesel. And it's also, And then it was like... Uh, while i'm pouring i'm like am i about to light this on fire <laughs> like don't light, it on, don't fire. light it on fire and then i think i was like i'm just gonna light it fuck it and then the guy that was driving was like don't light it don't fucking light it like that's a bad bad don't fucking light the fire mike i'm like okay pussy you know uh, go back to the party just smelling like diesel like hey guys i fixed it <laughs> where's my thousand <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing so it was like it took fucking like six months for the whole thing to actually get removed and the dude never paid me but so you did have the kindness of your heart. Basically. Yeah, I just and I I ended up not working there that much longer. Dude, you're a stallion. Uh, you never cease to. <laughs> me, dude, there's just so much I've learned about you right now. Oh man, goddamn, well, that it? That thank you for getting yeah, highly hey, social. Man, thank you for fucking. Dude, that was an incredible this is, episode. This I'm so glad I got to catch the fire in the bottle while you're in town. Deep though, like that. I like them. Yeah, we should do mushrooms sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm all about. But that. I don't do drugs, officer. Uh, <laughs> Neither anymore. Do I. Uh, I quit them all. I'm just a Delta 8 guy now. Uh, but this has been Highly Social. Follow Uncle Laser, uh, Uncle underscore L-A-Z-E-R. I've been Mike Eaton. Thank you guys so much. Thank you.